Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Because I want to give you some Hebrew words to understand, to help us a little understand a little more about God. I was reading this thing about Hebrew words. Some of them you probably know, like if you've ever said hallelujah, I don't know if you know that is a Hebrew word. Okay. So, you know, some Hebrew, we're going to cover a little bit, maybe I think eight or nine, maybe eight Hebrew words that uh, I thought was really insightful to, to study about. This is a Jewish Messiah we serve. He's going to sit on the throne of Israel, and we're way over here on the other side of the earth as Americans, not understanding it hardly at all. And I've been to Israel many times, and I still don't hardly understand Jewish thinking. So just a redneck's best ability to show you what bit of Jewishness I can is what I'm going to do today, because I think it'll be good for all of us, okay? The first word is shalom. This is going to help us understand God uh, from the... Hebrew perspective. Shalom. When you meet somebody, you would typically say shalom in Israel. They say that all the time. Or Jews here, they say see each other and say shalom. And a lot of Hebrew speakers, now I'm going to butcher it as always, they say shalom alechem. You got to get that guttural. Shalom alechem means peace be with you. Okay, so it means peace. Now on the Sabbath, we wish each other a Shabbat shalom. Shabbat Shalom means peaceful Sabbath to you, and it's peace. Now, the word Shalom simply is just peace. Shalom. I love it. I love the word Shalom. It just sounds peaceful to me. But peace doesn't really convey the entire meaning of it exactly. Um, The concept of Shalom is a lot deeper than just peace, as I'm understanding. It helps us realize the perfection in God. Shalom has several meanings. To it. The core meaning is peace, but it also means completeness. It also means soundness, harmony. There's prosperity in shalom. Like we say shalom to somebody, it's may you be prosperous. So harmony, prosperity, tranquility. And understanding shalom can help us better understand the character of our God, of who he is. Shalom is also one of the names for God in Judges 6 and 24. It says, so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. Now that's our English way of seeing it. The Lord is peace, but probably it was Jehovah Shalom instead of the Lord is peace. It's probably Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace to let everyone know that our God is Shalom. He is complete. He's whole. He's sound. He, he is prosperous for us. He is our peace, completeness. He's our perfection. Harmony, all of it together, when he named it Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Now, in the Bible, Shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and it even means delight. 
So if you said shalom to someone, it could be delight to you, prosperity to you. It's all joyous terms, right? And shalom also inspires joyful wonder that our creator welcomes us. He delights in us. It is peaceful to him. It is harmonious to him to have us. So when you say shalom, this is also giving you an idea of God's character, of who God is, shalom. So shalom is also, in other words, is the way things ought to be. So it'd be like if I said hi to you and I said hello in the way things ought to be. (laughs) Because things ain't going too good right now, Ray. So yeah, the way things ought to be sounds good. Well, you're you're wishing someone, I wish, I, I, I pray and hope for you that you have prosperity in the way things ought to be. You hear how deep Shalom gets? Uh, Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's our English. It could have said Prince of Shalom. And, And that would have conveyed to the Jewish reader all of the great things that Shalom defines. The prince of all of this, the prince of completeness, the prince of wholeness, harmony, unity. Jesus is whole. He is not, Jesus is not incomplete, is he? Jesus is a, a whole being of God in man who did our salvation for us completely. He said it is finished. When he died, he didn't say it's 99% done. You do the rest. He said it's, it's finished. It's done. It's accomplished. Jesus is whole. He's not incomplete. His sacrifice was worth it. His sacrifice was totally perfect. It was prosperous for us. It was all paid for, and it was paid in advance. There are meanings of words that come from the same root word as shalom does. So Jesus, the perfect prince of shalom, found us worth it and paid for our sin and made us whole because he delights in having us with him. Isn't that great? I got all that out of shalom. (laughs) So shalom, y'all. Right? Now, here's one you should already know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is made up of, as I understand it, two words, halal and yah. Halal means to praise or to shine, to be boastful, but it also means to act foolish. Now, in our English understanding, that means you're stupid. Okay, but let me, let me explain a little bit. Yah, the other side of it, is short for the name of God in the Bible, Yahweh. So you hear God's name in hallelujah. I boast in God. I, uh, sh- I shine in God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So hallelujah is to praise God. It's to make him shine from you. It's to, it's to boast in him. I've got Jesus, you know. I, I've got the Lord God. You boast in him. Or to even go crazy worshiping him. There's the foolish part, okay? In our understanding, it adds up. You know, when you see people really praising the Lord and the unbelievers, they think they're it, you're idiots. You know, they think you're stupid. What are you doing? You look nuts. Hallelujah is to praise, make him shine, go crazy worshiping. Crazy worship. How dare we say that? 
I think that's actually a good term. Man, we got crazy worship at my church. (laughs) And it depends if we are just saying words when we praise God, or are we approaching the creator of the entire universe to tell him how amazing we believe that he is and how crazy foolish we feel we don't deserve any of this. I boast in him. I want to shine in him, but it's crazy foolish that I even get to be involved in this. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I I just, as I was thinking of this, I'm thinking everybody in heaven, they know a whole lot more about God's awesomeness than we do. And this word hallelujah is the same word that they're using up there and we're not even with them yet. They're using that word hallelujah. Revelation 19.1, after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. That's condemnation. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you, his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. Try to imagine the throne room of God and all these beings are bursting out with what? They're bursting out with Hallelujah. They're all saying hallelujah, a word we get to say down here. (laughs) That's amazing. It's probably the best word that a mortal mouth can say. Besides the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ himself, is hallelujah. From that, I just want to say hallelujah. (laughs) So if y'all want to say it, go for it. It's a great word. Get used to saying hallelujah. The third one is Yeshua. Or some people say Yeshua. I don't know the proper accentism of it, but uh, Yeshua. And this word is often translated as Joshua in the Old Testament. Beyond the name, the word Yeshua is used in the Hebrew scriptures. It means salvation. Now, it's taken from the Hebrew word Yasha, which means to deliver or to rescue from. Exodus 15 and 2 says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation, Yeshua. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Psalm 62, verse 2 says, he only is my rock and my salvation, my Yeshua. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. So isn't it awesome that Jesus' name means the very thing that he came to do for us? He came to save us, and that's his name. His name is salvation. His name is deliverance. But he's got multiple names that mean what he came to do. So others with the same with the same name in the Bible were also saviors of some type, like I brought up Joshua. Joshua was kind of a foreshadow of Yeshua because Joshua, he led the Israelites to victory while they were conquering the land of Canaan. So he was their deliverer. There's another Yeshua, Nehemiah 7, verse 7. It says, those who came with Zerubbabel were Jeshua, there he is, Jeshua or Yeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rameah, Nehemani, Mordecai, Belshan, Mispereth, Bigvai, Nehum, and Bena. 
So it's kind of amazing this this important high priest that was that came to the temple in Nehemiah's back in Nehemiah's day. He was the high priest. He was the bridge from the Israelites to God because he would go into the temple and do that service. Right? He shares the same name with our high priest Messiah Jesus, who said he was the only way to the Father in John fourteen six. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So you had more than one Yeshua. You had a Yeshua, you had a Joshua, you've got these names that mean that. And this this rings with the Jewish thinkers. You know, as English speakers, Americans, we're detached by thousands of years, we're detached by oceans, we're detached by cultures, uh, language and everything. We read the Bible and we're not quite fully always getting everything that's in there because we've just been so far removed. So the, that's one reason why I'm going through these words is to try to restore that back to us a little bit. The fourth word, and this is the first word I ever learned in Bible college. This is the first time I encountered guttural, that that thing way down in the bottom of your throat that makes you spit on people. Okay, here it goes. This one is called chesed. Now, I'd love to hear y'all try that. Chesed. If you want to just, you want a redneck, you just call it chesed. Chesed. This is chesed. So chesed, and my Hebrew friends, I know you're laughing at me right now. Well, fine, that's okay. I'm a Texan. But the the CH part comes from your throat, like you're clearing it. So that was my first Hebrew word in Bible college, and it had that guttural sound. We don't have gutturals in English. So like I said, we're, we're missing a lot of what was originally put to the scriptures back then to now. We're, we're not only missing sounds, but some understandings as well. So, kesed is translated as mercy. It also means kindness, loving kindness, and goodness. Very much goodness is kesed. And it expresses God's love towards his people. He has quite a deep loving kindness towards his people. It's kesed. But it's kesed is a lot deeper than just the surface definitions. I just gave you the, the top definitions of it. Let me read to you from... Exodus 34 and 6 says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness, chesed, and truth, keeping mercy, chesed, for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. There's a lot of chesed in there. Leviticus 20 verse 17 If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked, chesed thing. Uh Uh-oh. It sounds like we just went the other direction, didn't we? Oh, it was all good, Ray. Well, hang on. If you you see him him or her naked, it is a wicked, chesed thing. And they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his guilt. Okay. So on one hand, chesed appears to be good and then bad. So which is it? Okay. <laughs> Again, we're English people. We're Americans way over here. I'm trying to get us in the ancient Hebrew Jewish mindset. The verse from Exodus that I read you, that was loving kindness. That was a, a good loving kindness, chesed. God declares chesed as an attribute of himself. He's loving, he's got loving kindness, but then the very same word is used to describe terrible behavior. And it's translated in the English as disgrace. Did you know if you go to Hawaii and you say aloha, 
you don't know if you're saying hello or goodbye. It depends on if, whether the person's coming in or going out. They come in, aloha. If they're going out, aloha. It's two opposite things, but one word means hello or goodbye. Those are It's one word that carries opposite meanings to it. So you can think of chesed, maybe not quite like this, but it's it's we're, we're stuck with trying to figure out how to understand which definition it has. So I read in Exodus, loving kindness. God it has it declares kesed, but then the very same word is about terrible behavior, and it's translated as disgrace. Again, we got to go to context. What's happening? If you're in Hawaii and you say aloha to somebody, what's the context? Is the guy coming in or is he going out? What's the context? Did you just say hello to him or goodbye? So the context of these two different verses suggests that there are two different meanings for the same word. But that's really not the case. I know I threw aloha at you just to try to get you, just to build you into what's going on here. But it's not quite like that. I know you're just messing me up, Ray. Kesed is a complex word that the English can't really get its mind around it. There, those of you who are bilingual, you know, there's some words in your other language that you just can't make English out of it. So you just do the best you can. So I'm going to try to do my best to explain. We saw Kesed translated as loving kindness, mercy, charity, or even disgrace. That doesn't do justice to its meaning as far as the Hebrews would try to tell us. Kesed conveys a type of an attitude or a behavior that shows an extreme amount of zeal, a drive. I'm either loving you or you disgrace for what you did. It's a drive either way. I'm either very happy to see you or I'm real glad to see you leave. You know, it's it's driven. Kesed. It shows an extreme amount of zeal or an extreme lack of boundary. Kesed comes from the Hebrew root meaning eager and extreme desire. So I have an extreme desire to love you or I have an extreme desire to call you disgraceful for what crime you just did. It seems to be opposites, but it's really the same thing. It's an extreme desire that you can do one way or the other. I can drive 30 miles an hour and drive on my pickup going forward. I could also drive 30 miles an hour going backwards in reverse. I'm still going 30 miles an hour, right? It's the drive, but it's which direction do you apply it? Kesed indicates an extreme amount of drive. It's used as an overdriving amount of motivation. There's a huge amount of passion in it about whether something's good or bad. This is very, very good, or that's very, very bad. I exert the chesed on it, either in loving kindness or in you disgrace. So there's a lot of chesed, loving kindness from God, or there's a lot of chesed about disgust towards terrible behavior. Now, when you think about it, and here's the way I thought of maybe to put it all together into one, the more you love God, the more disgusted you should be towards bad behavior. The more I love God and understand his word, the more I hate sins that everybody says is okay. I hate those sins all the more. I love God. I share chesed with God. So I hate the disgrace of terrible, sinful behavior. If I love God, I have to hate wickedness. So I appreciate the chesed of God So I have a chesed disgust for sin. I hope this makes sense. So when God describes his love for us, he describes his love for us. And when he uses his love in the the term of chesed, 
He's telling us that he has a boundless, overflowing, driven, motivated love for us. It's very extreme, driven love, immeasurable love, inexhaustible love, forgiveness, unlimited grace. It's very driven. None of us deserve that. And as sinful as we are, what an awesome God we have that he would love us to extend his, not just his love, because that's what we do here. Oh, I love y'all. I love y'all. You're, you're, you're my friends. But what about kessed love? Man, I will do anything for you. That's kessed love. You know, you got those people that come to church and they don't really talk to anybody and then they leave and go home. Yeah, yeah, I like you and all that, but where's the kessed love? We need kessed love in the church. We also need kessed disgust towards sin that tries to come in here too. Just the same. It's the same drive. Thank you, God, for your kessed love, and thank you, God, for your kessed disgust at my sin, because he dealt with me on that. It's so good. I'll leave you to digest the rest of it. I did the best I can, my redneck mind, okay? The fifth one, Shema. Shema. Kind of reminds me of Shalom. Shema. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, Shema. Hear. Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So what do you think Shema means? Shema means to hear, to listen. But let's go deeper. I just went deeper on you with Kesed. Let's go deeper in Shema. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of different versions of variations of hearing. Shema is generally translated here, but I can I could I could stick my head out the door and, and hear the cars. You know, I, I hear birds chirping when I'm outside and, uh, you know, I could maybe hear a TV if it was playing down the hallway. If the word Shema is used to call the attention of the people of Israel to their God, and then it's followed by informing them that their lives should be a walking testament to God himself, then the word here doesn't quite convey the idea, does it? There needs to be more than just here, more than just, oh, yeah, the fan, you know, the cars, birds. I, I'll, no, there, it's calling to listen up, listen closely. In the Bible, Shema is also translated as report. It's also uh, is translated as fame. It's also loud, and it also means speech, Shema. So Shema is a word that demands an action and response. You heard, now you need to do something about it. It's a command, Shema. It's a command to not only hear the words that God is saying, but for you to act on them too. It's like when you tell your kids to clean up the room, they go, oh yeah, one minute. And they're not cleaning the room. Well, they didn't really act on what you said. They heard you, but they didn't Shema you. (laughs) You know, I want you to Shema me. Listen to me. You Tell them to do something. Your meaning when you tell them is for them to stop what they're doing, to listen and hear what you say with the expectation that they are going to internalize what you said, and then they're going to do what you told them. That is Shema. So this is a meaning that Shema can have. Guys, we need to hear God's word. You need to hear God's word. Not like cars and birds and fans and stuff going in all that. You need to hear it. You need to hear God's word. You need to spend time in prayer with God's word enough to internalize what God said. 
so that you can actually do it. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.